know what really drives me insane? What, well, act, first of all, hello everybody. My name is Brian Rundle. This is a brand new episode of Run's House. What really drives me insane is there are so many people. What do we have? 320 million people in this country. Let's say out of that 320, 200 million of them are adults. That may be wrong. Maybe I don't have no idea, but let's just say that. Out of that 200 million, I'd say about 120 million feel like they need to be involved somehow in some sort of political discussion. The biggest problem with that is probably about of that 120 million, about, a, I don't know, 10,000 people really know what's going on and the rest kind of just have an idea. I'm lucky that my listening audience, whoever that is, they all know what's going on. But there are so many people that have absolutely no clue what they're talking about when it comes to politics. But they have to be part of the conversation. And part of the reason why they have to be part of it is because they saw a meme or read a headline on Twitter. And now their whole political views have been formed by flipping through Twitter or some other social media platform. The reason why I bring this up is because people, I don't think people realize just how close to disaster we came to in this past week with the debt ceiling. Now, I believe most of us, most rational people, thought that they'll work it out and at some point we'll get through this. But I don't think people understand for the first time probably in my lifetime how close we were to disaster and the reason why we were this close to disaster and the debt ceiling not going through or them not passing any bill for to raise the debt ceiling was because we have a Congress made up of incredibly crazy, outlandish, ridiculous people. And by crazy, ridiculous, and outlandish, did, did I say outlandish first and then ridiculous or ridiculous and outlandish? Either way, I'm talking about House Republicans like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Who's that other guy? George Santos. Think about who they have on their side. And there was a possibility and a thought, even in my head, who follows this stuff and has been following it for years, that they would tank the American economy because of that 200 million people that I spoke of earlier, or 120 million, excuse me, of that 120 million who feel like they want to inject themselves into a political discussion, that a pretty sizable amount of those people would have blamed it on Joe Biden because he's president, even though Joe Biden has absolutely nothing to do with raising the debt ceiling. Nothing. It all starts with House Republicans. That's why 
you saw, if you pay attention to this at all, the market was very erratic over the last few weeks leading up to this debt ceiling because investors even thought to themselves, these aren't normal people. These people are wackos. And to satisfy a cult leader in Donald Trump, they may be willing to tank the American economy. For those of you who don't follow, just a quick synopsis about the debt ceiling. The debt ceiling is something that needs to be raised to pay America's bills that have already been spent. A bill, you know, uh, Money that's already been spent, we need to raise the debt ceiling in order to pay that so we do not default and go into a economic catastrophe that would make 2008 look like just another ordinary day. It would have destroyed not just our economy, it would have destroyed the economy around the entire world. And the reason why people were nervous is because of people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. And again, one of the reasons why people were nervous is because literally you had Donald Trump on a town hall on CNN. I personally did not watch it, but I've seen the clips. When he was asked about the debt ceiling and asked about his comments that he made while he was president about the debt ceiling, saying that he could not imagine anybody using that as a negotiation tactic. Did he change his mind or does he still have the same view? He said no, and they basically asked him, well, why? He goes, because I'm not president now. And on his little true social thing, he was encouraging Republicans not to negotiate on the debt ceiling. And again, the perception would have been that this was all Joe Biden's fault, and there is a decent possibility that that strategy could have worked. Now, I don't know how they would have sustained two years of economic disaster, and that's pretty much why they worked it out, but it was closer than you think. And this brings me back to when I opened the show about it driving me nuts about how many people, A, don't realize how close to disaster we were, and B, the reason behind why we were close to the disaster that we were. And that is because of House Republicans. House Republicans are the ones who need to start this process, pass it over to the Senate. The Senate gets it to the president. The president signs it. That's how it works. But people are so politically ignorant in this country that there's a possibility they could have blamed it on Biden. I mean, we knew how politically ignorant a lot of people in this country have been because they elected Donald Trump to president. I mean, you can't be more ignorant than that. Just so you know, ignorance not necessarily a put down. I'm ignorant to stuff, but the difference is if you're ignorant to something, what are you doing to make yourself not ignorant to something? Some people like to remain ignorant, and that's a big problem when it comes to politics and voting in this country. Now, there are positive things and there are pos- positive signs that the entire country is not completely ignorant because when Donald Trump somehow snuck out a victory against Hillary Clinton for numerous reasons, one being 
Russia 100% interfered into our election. People still, you could talk to people who side with Trump or maybe don't even side with Trump. Some of them would be like, yeah, but that whole Russia thing, it was a big hoax because um, it came out in the report that it was a hoax. And that's absolutely just not true. It's in fact the complete opposite. They determined and figured out that Russia 100% interfered in our election and the intent was to help Donald Trump. And it worked. Barely, but it worked. But ever since then, Donald Trump's been a loser. 2018 midterms, loser. 2020 presidential election, loser. 7 million votes. The 2022 midterms, they barely snuck out the House, but held on to the Senate. That's a huge loss when you look at history, when it comes to the midterms of a president who is elected. Their party usually doesn't do very well in the midterms. They lost the House by five total people, which is unheard of. It's unheard of. And they might be able to take the House and Senate back coming up in the next election. Speaking of the next election, I am seriously doubting whether or not Donald Trump will actually be running. Because by all accounts and reports that I've read, this guy's getting arrested. And it's going to be soon. He actually may be arrested by the time you listen to this podcast From what I've read, there's a possibility that Donald Trump could be arrested on Thursday, June 8th. And there is a new report that his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, may have worked out a deal for limited immunity in exchange for his testimony. Mark Meadows was going to be in a lot of hot water and it was basically listen it's either you or it's him and it appears as if mark meadows said you know what it's him there was a report from the independent who broke this news today that said that they will be charging possibly they will be charging donald trump on obstruction and the espionage act charges this is the kind of shit You would see in a movie or on a TV show and you get up and walk out and say, this is so stupid. This would never happen with an American president. But the lifelong con man bullshit artist Donald Trump comes along, somehow gets enough people to vote for him. And not even I suspected that it would come down to anything like this. Now, I, if somebody said it to me before, I wouldn't be shocked. But realistically, I thought, okay, that's probably not going to happen. But this is becoming more and more real. The Independent article says that the Department of Justice is preparing to ask a Washington, D.C. grand jury to indict former President Donald Trump for violating the Espionage Act and for obstruction of justice as soon as Thursday, adding further weight to the legal barrage facing Mr. Trump as he campaigns for his party's nomination in next year's presidential election. The Independent has learned that prosecutors are ready to ask grand jurors to approve an indictment against Mr. Trump for violating a portion of the U.S. criminal code known as Section 9. 
so I'm sorry, 793, which prohibits gathering, transmitting, or losing any information, any information respecting the national defense. And if you've been watching and you've been seeing the reports, you know, reports of Donald Trump flashing the classified documents in front of people, basically saying, oh, I can't show you this because it's classified. But in the previous interviews and true social posts and everything else that he has been spewing out there, that he was allowed to do it. And none of them were classified anyway because he declassified it. But he's also apparently on a recording that says he can't show anybody those papers because they are classified. So he's so stupid. He just, he has to always, he cannot keep his mouth shut. And that is the reason why if somebody told me years ago that Donald Trump eventually would talk himself into prison, I'd be skeptical, but I'd still say, yeah, I can see that. Because he's just an idiot. He's just a moron. The article goes on to say that the section of U.S. criminal law is written in a way that could encompass Mr. Trump's conduct, even if he was authorized to possess the information as president, because it states that anyone who lawfully having possession of, access to, control over, or being entrusted with any document relating to the national defense and willfully communicates, delivers, transmits, or causes to be communicated, delivered, or transmitted, or attempts to communicate, deliver, transmit, or cause to be communicated, delivered, or transmitted the same to any person not entitled to receive it or willfully retains the same and fails to deliver it on demand to the officer or employee of the United States entitled to receive it can be punished by as many as 10 years in prison. Now, I've also read that even if he is arrested and indicted that we may not even know the charges for a little while because the grand juries in Florida and Washington, D.C. still need to complete their their findings and, and do everything that they need to do in order to release that. But it looks like we're pretty much knowing exactly why, if and when he does get arrested, why exactly that reason is. And, you know, it's funny is that you keep hearing Donald Trump and the Donald Trump sycophants and the cult followers there's they're all blaming democrats for this but it turns out everybody that's ratting him out either worked for him or was on his side everybody again this goes back to people not knowing what the hell they're talking about but nope it's nancy pelosi's fault that donald trump's getting arrested or it's the corrupt democratic leaning fbi and department of justice when did that happen? Article also says in the documents matter, prosecutors are also prepared to ask grand jurors to indict Mr. Trump on charges that he obstructed justice during the year-long investigation and caused false statements to be made to investigators by persons working for him. Of course, I mean, that was pretty obvious. He changes his story every time he hits a brick wall. When a brick wall is in front of him, he changes. It goes, oh, no, wait, I did have them, but I was allowed to have them because I declassified them in my mind. And then when somebody points out that that may not be the case or that isn't the case, 
he'll change his story again. He's done that his whole, he's not just his presidency, he's done that his whole life. I've said it before, this guy has failed forward more than any human being I've ever seen in my life. And at some point, some comeuppance has to emerge and just may have him this time. But I'm not going to celebrate just yet because somehow this guy gets out of everything he does. And then he goes along and says it's a witch hunt. And then people go, see, he was never indicted. He was never um, convicted for his impeachment. So everything obviously is a big witch hunt. Bill Barr gets the Mueller report, goes right on TV and just says, ah, it was nothing. I read through it. You guys don't really need to know much more than that. He basically lied for Donald Trump, and now he's the same person who says Donald Trump will get indicted and get arrested, and that he deserves it. And when you ask Bill Barr about Donald Trump and his ability to be president of the United States again, he says not only is he a guy who would be a terrible president, but he's a guy who could get nothing accomplished This is another guy that worked for him. These are all people that worked for Donald Trump, that Donald Trump hired. Donald Trump appointed judges that threw his case out when it came to his stupid stolen election claims. But no, the uneducated, lazy political public just believes A, what they see on social media and headlines and memes, and or be just whatever it is they want to believe. It was funny. I did a podcast just a few days ago about transgender, and I've got some messages from people, and one was like, I don't care what transgender people do. They can do whatever they want their life. I just don't think a man should be walking into a girl's bathroom and flashing himself in front of girls. I said, well, You know, I can agree with that, but I would also add that I don't think any man should be flashing himself whether he's transgender or not. I don't think that's a transgender problem. And the second thing is, if a man who identifies as a woman goes into a woman's bathroom, it's my understanding that women's bathrooms don't have urinals, so I'm not really sure how anybody's going to see a penis in the women's bathroom. Now, again, if you're going in there maliciously flashing yourself in front of whether it's young girls or older girls, that's just a criminal act. That has nothing to do with being a transgender. Any man, whether he's transgender or not, can walk into a woman's bathroom and flash himself. He would be arrested the same way a transgender would if they just pulled down their pants and said, here, look at my junk. So they're trying to make an argument that makes no sense. It doesn't stick. And then when you point that out, they change their argument to something else. It's just like, well, God, you can't, can't win with these people. But we've known that. It's a battle, I'd say, not worth fighting. But I just can't help myself. I'll go on forever about it. I clearly have a problem. See, I acknowledge it, though. That's the thing. But I'm going to wrap up the show with one 
topic that has been fresh in the news, and that is golf. Now, before you turn off the podcast and go, I'm not interested in golf, I'm not interested in sports, it's not really a story about golf. It includes golf, but it's a story about the PGA, uh, the pro, the Professional Golfers Association. The PGA was in the 70s and 80s when you'd go to your grandpa's house. That's what would be on on Sunday, and it would put you to sleep. It was boring golf. And then as the 90s emerged, a young man named Tiger Woods came along. And Tiger Woods changed the face, maybe not of just golf, but in a way of sports because he transcended every single stereotype, every single uh, bias, every, everything that you can think of. You almost had to watch golf when Tiger Woods was on his game. This guy is one of the most phenomenal sports figures of all time. Now, life went on. And he shamed himself a lot and had a lot of personal issues. And whatever side you take on that one, that's certainly up to you. But as a professional athlete, he certainly is among one of the greatest professional athletes of all time. This guy dominated a game that is incredibly hard to dominate. And he intimidated other players, not because he was a jerk or an asshole to the players. It's because he was so incredibly good that anybody that teed off with him or had to play with him, it was intimidating because he was just that much better than everybody. So golf became this worldwide phenomenon and a went from a multi-million dollar industry to a billion dollar industry. So here's where it gets a little dicey. Along comes something called Live. And Live was something that was to oppose, in a way, the PGA. And Live offered a lot of PGA players, some of their top stars, ridiculous amounts of money to come over and play with their league, this Live. Now, Live is owned by the Saudis. And there are there were a lot of people who were very critical of this league and of the players that played for Live. One of the reasons is because many of the 9-11 terrorists were from Saudi Arabia. Then, not too long ago, it is clear that the Saudi government brutally murdered an American journalist, Jamal Khashoggi, from the Washington Post. And when you talk about somebody that has blood on their hands, they don't have blood just on their hands. They have it all over their bodies. And... Many PGA officials were very critical of Liv, and they used 9-11. They used Jamal Khashoggi as a reason to be critical of this league, this new league. Now, obviously, they were also weren't a big fan that some of their stars 
moved over to this big league. Well, in the last, when it happened, uh, Tuesday, June 6th, it turns out that the PGA and Liv merged together to be form one league. And it has outraged a lot of people, especially on the ones who are on the side of the PGA. And the reason why they were on the side of the PGA is because they were not siding with a league who is owned by a, a country that is responsible for 9-11 and the death of an American journalist. This, to me, again, is one of the biggest problems in our world And it'll be one of the biggest problems for the rest of our lives, for the rest of your children's lives, and the rest of their children's lives, and so on and so on and so on. Money rules everything. And I'm not talking 100 bucks to an hour. I'm talking about billions and billions of billions of dollars make you turn your head, acts that you can find in life. And it's really sad and pathetic that we are just overlooking the worst attack in the history of this country and we are forgetting the slogan of never forget when it came to 9/11 and this is what drives me nuts and if you know it's not just golf that money rules we all know at this point money rules politics citizens united is the worst decision in the history of the Supreme Court, maybe in the history of our politics. It's just, it was, it basically allows for billions of dollars to be entered into the political arena. So for the most part, that's part of the reason why you see so many people all are on the same page on a particular topic, but the other side wins out could be 75 to 25, but that 25% wins because of money. The NRA is a perfect example of that. I mean, most people want sensible gun laws in this country, a large majority. But can we get any of those bills passed? No. NRA is too powerful, too much money involved. So uh, still wrap up, it makes me sad because... I've always been a fan of golf. I'm a big sports fan anyway. And I really loved watching Tiger Woods. I was a big fan of watching him. Um, But, you know, again, money can ruin so many things, even some of the things that you love. My friends and I talk all the time about sports nowadays. I'll still watch basketball, football, baseball, college sports. I'll watch that the rest of my life. But... Because of money involved in sports, it has partially ruined the games and it has seriously ruined our politics. So that's the reason why I brought up golf today. And I hope sticking around for the end of that was worth it. But anyway, as always, please rate, review, subscribe to the show where you can. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at uh, Runshouse Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that is runshousepodcast at gmail.com. I always love getting comments and questions and suggestions about what to talk about. So if you do have any of those, feel free to reach out. 
as always, I thank you guys for listening, and I hope you tune back in for the next show. My name is Brian Rundle. This is Runt House, and we will see you soon.